guys and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser, episode 47 and it's time for your weekly mojo injection. Whoop whoop! It's amazing to have you here guys. I am all about brutally honest chat that will hook up your mojo, give you those mojo buzzes throughout the week when you need them, help you feel better um, or at least if you're really struggling to feel happy this week, at least remind you that you're not alone with all these issues that we struggle with. And something I wanted to cover for a while is PMS. And with PMDD Awareness Month just drawing to a close for April, I really wanted to bring an expert in and talk about how we deal with these peaks and spikes and drops in our hormone levels because it's something I've struggled with for a while and people have said to me, just go on the pill. That seems like a response these days. We just want a pill to fix things and I know that some people do need a pill before it gets too dangerous but we need to be talking about toolkits about natural things we can do um, to help boost our um, mental health and hormones and chemical reactions there's all these things that we have to deal with and perhaps you're a, a guy listening and you've got friends you can support that go through PMS or girlfriends or wives, partners, whatever. This will be useful for you as well. So don't feel left out this week. Um, but yeah, PMS is, is tough and I wanted to talk through a myriad of ways that we can help. Um, so I'm delighted to introduce Georgie McCulloch, who is incredible at reflexology, but also just really knows her stuff about hormones, fertility, pregnancy. She's helped so many women in the city of Edinburgh who are struggling with issues around their um, sex hormones, their um, cycle. And we talk about the cycle and I found it really fascinating in terms of this, if you to think of our cycle and seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter, and um, it's so true. Honestly, you're going to love, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Um, so I'm going to welcome Georgie on and I love her karaoke song choice. So apt. I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding love. Um, I hope you've had a good week, guys. If you've not, thanks for taking um, some time for yourself to click on here because I am so passionate about helping people feel better. It's kind of what I believe I was born to do and I think because I'm so honest and so open it does help doesn't it because we are all energy at the end of the day and we all feel these things and I don't know why but I find it really easy to share this deep stuff um, it's kind of the essence um, of me and I think that's why people are coming back because they know they're not going to get any bull, you're going to get straight talking here. So I want to do so much to grow this podcast. I'm delighted, not even a year in of the direction it's going in, but um, as things get a bit calmer, my babies are both going to be in school soon. I will be investing a lot more time in this, but um, I'm very invested and very happy to be here each week. So thank you guys for coming back. Thanks for staying with us each week. We're getting close to 50 episodes already. It blows my mind. I'm meeting some incredible people. It's like free therapy for me too each week. So yep, free therapy is what we need, isn't it? Um, we, we need that in a, a world which can be tricky. So, yep, buzzing. Right, enough rambling, enough rambling. Let's get Georgie McCulloch on. Thanks, guys.
Okay, I think we're good to go. It's amazing to have you here, so thank you so much for coming round. You're welcome. To chat to me all about PMS. One of my favourite topics. Yes, yes, it is PMS, not PMT. It is PMS. It was PMT originally, actually, and it was in the 1970s that um, it was classed as a syndrome rather than attention. PMT was PM, premenstrual attention, and it used to be what people described as sort of that you know time of the month as, but it then became a recognised symptom, uh, syndrome. So that was in um, the 1970s, yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. So I've spoken about this a lot. It's a taboo topic. And what was the term? There's now a PMDD, which There's is... There's now PMDD as well, which stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder, mm-hmm. which is like um, PMS, but sort of on steroids, like the worst PMS times a thousand. Um, okay. And it can happen any time sort of after you've ovulated. So for that ho- whole kind of two weeks before your period, you can experience this kind of extreme, extreme symptoms. Um, and uh, physical symptoms, but massive kind of mental symptoms as well, with mm-hmm. the worst ones being that people actually feel suicidal with it. Wow. Um, and then get the period and sort of, you know, feel a bit of relief, but also almost get kind of PTSD of the sort of horror that they've just been through for the last potentially two weeks. Uh-huh. And then know that it all has to start up again in, oh. you know, 10 days, two weeks time. Um, so PMDD, and actually April is um, PMDD Awareness Month. So there's a lot online and on Instagram and Facebook and things at the moment about PMDD. So it's worth worth looking into if you think you have really, really extreme symptoms, uh-huh. particularly the kind of emotional side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth you know getting it checked out. There's a really good um, page on Mind, the mental health charity, mm-hmm. mind.org.uk. Um, they have a really good section on PMDD because it's now recognised as an actual mental health problem mm-hmm. rather than just um, a, you know a hormonal problem, which is what it was seen as before. Wow. Um, so nice. yeah, it's it's horrendous for people who go through that. Um, so what are the symptoms? How do you know if you've got PMDD as opposed to PMT, PMS? <laughs> P- PMS would be kind of, uh, I mean, sort of you know average PMS would be kind of um, uh, fatigue anxiety feeling really irritable Mm -hmm. being forgetful um, quite extreme sort of mood swings being really weepy and emotional Um, those would be the sort of um, emotional symptoms I guess and then uh, you can get physical symptoms as well such as bloating water retention Mm -hmm. tender breasts um, headaches sugar cravings weight gain acne all that sort of thing so you know, it can be happy physical, days. Can, be happy days. can be physical, can be mental. Um, and then PMDD will be sort of that, but much more extreme, particularly the kind of um, the mental side of it. So extreme anxiety, um, extreme fatigue, where they're like sleeping sort of 16 hours a day and wow. unable to kind of get out of bed, you know, um, just feeling absolutely awful about yourself, your confidence, your self-esteem, your... Um, ability to function at work or anything like that so um, you know with friends you become completely reclusive that kind of thing so it's and then you know with the worst thing being that you actually feel that it's so bad that you're no use to anyone and you start feeling suicidal so it's um, yeah it's really extreme. So do we have research as to what causes this is there a person that's more prone I mean for example after kids or um, P, P, PMS, um, it does 
get worse with age. Mm -hmm. So feeling that. (laughs) Well, me too. I'm 46. So I I definitely noticed the sort of shift um, with, you know, before my period of sort of how short my fuse was and that kind of thing. Um, Oh, no, I'm 36. So I'm screwed (laughs) if if it gets worse. Um, So, yeah, it definitely can get worse with age. Um, it, It can be, I mean, PM... DD is more for it, it, it affects people who are really sensitive to hormonal changes during okay. the, the cycle. Okay. Um, PMS is just, I mean, yes, affects people who notice those hormonal changes. Um, it can, yeah, can get worse with age. And the severity of PMS is increasing as a society as a whole. People mm-hmm. are complaining about it more and more aware of it and that sort of thing. And that may be down to um, environmental factors like diet and um, toxins and things like that. Yeah, because we had a really interesting chat and we were talking about things like plastic. Yeah, yeah. And what was it you said to me about the age people are getting the period? It's yeah. changed now, yeah, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, on, on, I think in, in the Victorian times, the average age was 17 that people started their period. In the 19... 19- 70s or 80s I think it was about 14 and now it's um, 11 or 12 I think right so I mean it's you know it's getting younger and younger and that is because of this this, um, our hormones are a lot less balanced generally because of things like diet um, you know if we eat meat or dairy if it's non-organic the animals have been fed with hormones and things so that can disrupt our um our own hormones, um, water supply, for instance. Um, a lot of people are on the pill, so yeah. you know they're they're peeing out sort of pill water into the water system, and that. Oh, wow. So so you know tap water is full of sort of um, estrogens and things like that. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because I got um, I was gifted a water filter. Yeah. And my hub said to me, "Oh, there's no point. You don't need that. What's mm-hmm. your thoughts? Should mm-hmm. we use it?" Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, it's for instance. I mean, you know. Edinburgh water, Scottish water is, is better quality than lots of places, but um, still we're in a city, so we are, you know, there are, there's a sort of high concentration of people on the pill, all peeing into the water supply, so, yeah. and I think in London it's, I think it's something like the, the water supply there, tap water has been through seven people. Oh, <laughs> before, So, so if you sure. imagine the amount of sort of... Um, you know hormones and things that go into the water supply um and although obviously the water is cleaned and treated and all that kind of thing it's not necessarily getting rid of all the the hormones and things so yeah yeah, water filters that you can actually sort of attach under the sink so that the water coming out your tap is is sort of pre-filtered are really good and if if you've been gifted one of them then definitely it was more of a plastic a plastic jug thing with the you know the carbon filter thing yeah yeah Yeah, you can use that definitely or you can get um charcoal sticks that you can put into um into water bottles things like that 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 does a job of um filtering as well so wow um, and what about people that are buying plastic bottles of mineral yeah plastics plastics generally particularly plastics that are used for um food or drink um, the plastic basically does leach into the, mm-hmm. um, particularly if you're heating it. So microwave meals, for instance, being heated in a plastic tub yeah. um, are really bad. Um, or a plastic water bottle sitting in a hot car or something like that. You yes. know, the, the water is going to, the, um, the, the plastic is going to sort of start disintegrating and work its way into the food or the water. Um, so yeah, plastics aren't great. So I mean, ideally... Metal water bottles are now, you know, you see them everywhere now. Um, or glass, I mean, I've got a glass water bottle in my fridge that I just keep filled up and I just use that. Um, yeah. 
need to show you the one I got. It's not lying about it, but it's good. Um, yeah, it, and how does that, in terms of plastic, how does it impact our hormones then? Plastic is, um, it, it's a, um, a, basically contains xenoestrogens, so sort of foreign estrogens that um, affect the, um, affect the hormonal balance in your in your body yeah right, okay. yeah interesting because yeah. i've started researching a bit on hormones and we know the good ones and the bad ones mm. so could you just talk us through what happens in the cycle and, and why we are more likely to experience these dips yes well in in i mean progesterone and estrogen are the two of the sort of most important um, hormones in the whole menstrual cycle mm-hmm. and um in the run up to when you ovulate estrogen is kind of surging and then it peaks at ovulation and then it starts sort of well it drops fairly quickly and then sort of tails off um progesterone does the same it sort of um it goes gradually more gradually sort of up um and stays quite high in the second half of the cycle so after you've ovulated Mm -hmm. but then can um sort of drop off before your period, um, and so it's those falling less le- levels of um, progesterone and estrogen that have such a big impact on PMS. Okay. Um, mainly because estrogen and progesterone are involved um, in production of neurotransmitters, brain chemicals. Uh-huh. Um, so there's two really important brain chemicals as well: um, serotonin, which is the, the happy hormone, mm-hmm. um, and Oestrogen helps to improve mood by keeping serotonin levels up. Mm-hmm. So conversely, if oestrogen if falls, serotonin falls as well. So okay. that's why, um, so because oestrogen is falling in the you know, second half of the cycle, particularly before your period, oestrogen is quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, so you haven't got that happy hormone, which is why with PMS, we tend to feel like a bit crap and a bit sort of, you know, rubbish about ourselves. We can often be really sort of hard on ourselves and, yeah. um, or, you know, lack of, self-esteem or not feeling very confident that kind of thing um and um serotonin interestingly serotonin also helps to control appetite and carb cravings so when serotonin is low as well um before your period that's when you often crave sort of carbs and sugar and chocolate and that sort of thing so So should we give in to these cravings um well you can't i mean you could give in to them but in a health in a sort of healthy way <laughs> um i mean sugar as well has has a big impact on um, insulin levels and you know if insulin is kind of up and down like that um that's not great and that affects all the other hormones as well yeah. um but interestingly i mean you know good quality dark chocolates in the run-up to a period is actually a good thing mm-hmm. and, and chocolate also contains a thing called tryptophan which is um uh which basically converts to serotonin. So it's your you're craving chocolate. Your body is trying to sort of get serotonin somehow, right. um, because it has can't do it through estrogen. So it's um, craving that sort of tryptophan through chocolate to to get the serotonin levels up. Right. Which is really fascinating. Ah, so um, our bodies, I mean, our bodies are amazing. They, they are tell incredible, us telling us what we need. need. Yeah, but rather than eating like a big bar of dairy milk or something try and keep it you know good quality dark chocolate with sort of high content of cocoa solids uh-huh. or you can use um cacao powder which is the uh-huh. the sort of non-refined version um, the yeah the non-refined version of cocoa powder yeah. so you can use that in things like smoothies or um porridge cacao porridge is really nice with okay. some chia seeds and fruit and things like that yeah. um you know in the run-up to a period and that will help with serotonin 
super healthy. Yeah, yeah. Now, I read somewhere, so it's salmon, tuna, avocado, and spinach are mm-hmm. really good for anxiety. Have you heard much of uh, in terms of the foods that we should be eating at this time when we're feeling like yeah, chemical that'll probably be do to do with they um well certainly the the what would you say salmon salmon tuna, tuna spinach and avocado yeah are, the the salmon tuna and avocado would probably be because of all the essential fatty acids that they contain so again um, essential fats are really important in all those kind of brain chemical yeah. um conversions that go on spinach is full of iron as well so that that may be the reason can to do that yeah because i think there is it's it's so important to have a reminder that it's not you know what we eat it's not just to try and maintain a healthy weight or Mm. to have good fuel you know this hormonal side Mm. the mental health Mm. what we can eat to really boost our Mm. mood i think Mm. we need to raise more awareness on that i Mm. would say Mm -hmm. definitely i mean yeah dietary things that you can do um that will help to sort of balance hormones naturally are um uh, lots of uh, unrefined carbs so you know I'm not, I'm not really, I, I think you need all food groups. So, that, I mean, there's been a big sort of, uh, and, and people do paleo diets and that sort of thing for various health reasons. But I think, you know, if, if you can handle them, then I think you do need carbs, yeah. um, but good carbs. So unrefined carbs, so things like brown rice, brown pasta, mm-hmm. grains, you know, brown bread, that sort of thing, oat cakes, um, yeah. that kind of thing. So good, healthy, unrefined carbs are good. I got brown rice the other week, actually. Did you? Like, That's it. I got the basmati brown rice. Yeah. Have you tried yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, I have that. That's what I cook with. It's lovely. Oh, I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah, it's really good. And if you cook it with a bit of um, stock, in a bit of stock, like chicken stock or something, it really absorbs it and it oh, tastes really good. Do you need mm. to cook it for longer, the brown rice? Um, a little bit, yeah. yeah. The basmati cooks fairly quickly, but yeah, you do need to do it a bit longer than the white basmati. Yeah, mm. but it's yeah really tasty. I love that. Um, lots of fibre. Um, again, fibre is really good for sort of balancing hormones. So lots of um, fruit, veg. I guess probably heavier on the veg than the fruit. Yeah, it's all natural sugar, but it's still sugar, so it's yeah. sort of it's still affecting insulin levels and um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, plant-based phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogens are basically um, naturally occurring estrogens in plants and they help to protect, um, sort of protect against estrogen overloads. You can get estrogen dominance, which which can then play havoc with, with hormones. So, okay. um, so things like nuts, seeds, beans, all that kind of thing contain lots of phytoestrogens which are really good okay um so and, and that's quite a good you know you i use quite a lot of that sort of thing in my cooking things that like if i'm making a soup just shove in some beans as well you yeah. know for that extra um extra sort of protein and phytoestrogens or snacking on nuts and seeds you know i always have a little pot in my bag that yeah <laughs> sort of shovel in <laughs> i'm feeling a bit like oh need need a snack you know and it's it's much better for you than biscuits or you know whatever we would normally gravitate to yes um key so nutrition is obviously yeah, it key is it is yeah organic where possible okay i think i mentioned that um particularly sort of meat and dairy um uh, okay because if, if animals have been fed with hormones it then just passes straight onto us and that can really disrupt hormones okay yep so uh, that's really it that really got me thinking when we spoke about that actually mm, because mm-hmm. Hubs will say to me, oh, organic, there's not that much difference. But there really is, isn't mm. there? Yeah. And I mean, yes, I think 
I think I think there is a difference, definitely. Um, I think uh, there was a Facebook post once I saw that a, some Swedish family had had given up, um, had been basically been given a sort of month trial of going completely organic, mm-hmm. and um, they measured all the sort of levels of different toxins and things in their blood. And after a month, you know, they, they had sort of two graphs, and after a month they were completely different. They'd got rid of all this crap that was in their bodies from eating non-organic. I mean, you know, there's pesticides and all that you know crops and veg and all that sort of thing are sprayed with all sorts of stuff if it's if it's non-organic and I think you know as we were saying things like girls starting their periods much younger and things that's you know it's a lot to do with that kind of thing what if organic veg though is in plastic or does that impact it if it's packed well this is the thing (laughs) this is my kind of oh supermarkets why do you insist on using so much plastic you know it drives me mad that I mean I will always try in supermarkets to buy things that aren't in plastic, you know, yeah. like loose carrots and things like that, yeah. um, instead of things already packaged in a in a bag. But then you often get to the till and the lady tries to put it in the bag, and I'm like, no, I don't want the plastic bag. Yeah, just um, throw it in my, yeah. my uh, what are the bags we take now, paper or no, what the recycling one's made of. Oh, the sort of Hessian yeah, bag, yeah, yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean there are we're, we're lucky in Edinburgh. You know, we now have two plastic-free um, shops, which yeah. is great. And I I've started shopping at the one in Leith near me, Way to Go, which is great. And the other one is called the Eco Larder, I think, in the West uh, yes. Morrison Street. Yeah. Um. So I'm now going there to to stock up on stuff that when I run out of it, I go along with my jar and oh. or my box or whatever, and just um top up. That's and great. you know, I, I might buy eight things or five things or something but that's five plastic bags that I've saved and, yeah and unfortunately they don't do veg and and um meat and that sort of thing they do do eggs and dairy and things yeah. um but uh but it's a start you know yeah it's a start and it's definitely a sign of the way we're moving yeah. forward with yeah it. if and there's demand for it then you know yeah. hopefully it will just start expanding but I think supermarkets really they're the ones that really have to come to the you know step up to the plate and stop <sighs> Stop all the packaging. It's mental. Yeah. It's definitely going to go that way, but it just takes a bit of time. It does. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The more conversations we have, and the more we see other people doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like anything. It's time, and it's just the little things that we can do step by step, yeah. and also not beating yourself up. Either, no, exactly. It's hard. We're all busy, and we're all busy, and that sort of thing. And and you know, but it's if you can, you know, what little you can do, and start mm-hmm. implementing as sort of you know the norm, mm-hmm. then that's great. I mean, I've stopped using cling film at home. I haven't bought it for ages, um, and I now just use those beeswax wraps if I'm covering food um, or just stick a plate on top you know yeah. and stop it going off um, yeah it's <laughs> old fashioned stick a saucer on top of your bowl I always look in the fridge have it I must break but when I go to mum and dad's I, well, the first thing my brother and I do is we open the fridge to see what they're in <laughs> and often yeah you will see that plate on top kind yeah. of old school old school yeah yeah. old school can sometimes be best yeah, yeah. Um, so while we're just on the nutritional side of things I am a big cheese lover so talk to me about cheese because obviously plant-based diet you would try and discourage the use of cheese mm-hmm. what's your thoughts I'm not on necessarily that? saying plant-based diet I mean I'm not I'm not you know plant-based at all I'm I'm full sort of omnivore and I love cheese as well yeah, so I love it I'm a flexitarian <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a good, good way of looking at it um cheese I mean I guess just look at where it's coming from if uh-huh. it's better to buy from sort of um 
you know, smaller producers um, or or, at, or sort of farm shops, that kind of thing, than okay. than kind of mass produced plasticky type cheese. Do you know a what big I mean? orange block. Yeah. Of... Well, a big orange block is. Yeah, I mean, if it's nice, decent sort of Galloway cheddar, then it's probably yeah. okay, you know. Yeah. But um... I'm a bit of a cheese snob. I like my cheese. <laughs> yeah. I love my cheese. <coughs> if I didn't eat cheese, I would easily be two stone lighter. Uh, <laughs> it's all about balance. We're working on it. Um, but yeah, cheese is... Uh, so uh, with that time of the month, would you see try and cut back on things like cheese? or? Well, things like... Um, cheese is animal fat i guess so so sort of animal fats aren't aren't great um similar sort of caffeine alcohol that sort of thing that can um that can have quite a big impact um things like caffeine has been linked to breast tenderness um so even things like cutting out or cutting right back on caffeine in that sort of run up to your period might make a difference to sort of painful boobs you know okay because um, some people really struggle yeah the yeah. most pain i've ever had in the boobs was when i was pregnant it mm-hmm. was early pregnancy with mm-hmm. bonnie yeah and i remember thinking oh i've really tender this month yeah it's often the first thing that people notice when they're pregnant is just boobs are super sensitive oh agony yeah and then it hit me oh best do a test tomorrow <laughs> Light bulb moments. oh that's what it is yeah yeah, yeah. um Right, so this is really useful um, for people that struggle with PMS or PMDD. Mm. Um, before we talk through other tips, I want to speak to you about you know the doctors that do prescribe antidepressants. Um, mm-hmm. I had someone write to me last week, and they said, you know, when you speak about mental health and antidepressants, it's to me it's black and white. I I just need antidepressants for my chemical imbalance. There's nothing else I can do. Now, obviously, science in the studies show there's loads of things we can do from a mindset point of view mm, to mm-hmm. boost their well-being. Mm. Um, but that you've got to be open-minded to, to at least try it. Mm. But everyone's situation is so very different, and I get that. And I'd said to you, with my own PMS, and I've noticed it, it, some months it can be really difficult... I just feel, you know, low, the critical thoughts really struggle to have patience and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, people would say, I'll just get, get back on the pill. So almost instead of an antidepressant, take the pill and that will mm-hmm. balance things out. But mm-hmm. I was saying to you, when we had some amazing reflexology, you're so good at that, um, that I, I wanted to try and manage things naturally. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. How do we know when we should be just managing things naturally? Because you said to me, I think that's great. And, and there's lots of things you can do. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on the topic? I, um, well, I, I have quite strong opinions about the pill. Um, it hasn't, I mean, I was on the pill, I was put on the pill first when I was 14, actually, um, because I had horrendous, heavy, painful periods. Mm-hmm. So I was put on the pill at 14 and was then sort of on and off it in my 20s and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it never particularly agreed with me um, on a sort of emotional level. It always, um, I, I just didn't feel myself on the pill, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, it's a sort of, um, it, it can be given to people to to deal with lots of hormonal issues like sort of bad PMS or heavy periods or that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think it's it's a sort of sticking plaster. It's not really it's not really getting to the bottom of wh- where the issue might be coming from, or it, so it kind of masks things. I think particularly mm. if if young adults or teenagers are put on the pill, 
um, because of heavy periods or whatever, it can be masking actually what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I often see this with my um, fertility work, that people can be put on the pill when they're 15, 16 or whatever, and can be on it for 15, 20 years, and then come off it when they're trying to conceive, and suddenly like realise that they might have endometriosis or PCOS or some sort of quite significant menstrual issue, wow. which can can be affecting their fertility, um, but right. but they haven't known about it for 20 years because it's been masked by the, the pill. Right, um, okay. So, I'm, you know, I'm not a massive fan of hormonal contraception, I guess, mainly because of my own experience with it, but also um, because of the clients that I work with, it, it, you know, it does sort of mask things. Mm-hmm. I think there are, there has been quite a lot of research done recently about the um, uh, sort of mental health impact of being on the pill or other kind of hormonal contraception for a long period of time um and i mean yeah you can if you google kind of you know the pill and mental health it will come up with all sorts of articles and things um of people who really struggled and didn't feel themselves at all and had um anxiety panic attacks Mm -hmm. and depression you know lots of that sort of thing from being on the pill and once they were off it all that went away so um so the pill isn't necessarily a sort of a fix-all if mm-hmm. you have bad um, PMS. Um, antidepressants, I think, definitely have their place. I was on antidepressants for about a year when I had postnatal depression after my second. Um, and for me at the time, I think they were right because I was really struggling to um, to cope. And I think they um, they sort of... You know, there are different types of antidepressants, and I think I was uh, the one I was on was an SSRI, which is sort of um, just lifts you enough to mm-hmm. enable you to kind of function yeah. on a daily basis, which is essential. You can't really say, Go and do some yoga or yeah, yeah. work on yourself or do yeah. talking therapy. Or, I mean, talking yeah. therapy, I think, is amazing. Yeah, well, um, I think I think mine was a two pronged approach, and I had mm-hmm. um, antidepressants, which then enabled me to go to talking therapy amazing. and actually have a sort of, you know, get to the nub of what what was causing it, but also I was being supported sort of, you know, pharmaceutically to, to be able to get myself out of it. So, Do you believe there is always a cause to something like depression or do you think some people can just have a chemical imbalance? Because uh, there's a real divide on this mm-hmm. um, opinion. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know. I, I think probably some people do have a chemical imba- imbalance. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> But maybe it's that they're in denial of what what <laughs> what is the actual root cause, and I think sometimes there is a root cause which people aren't actually aware of, and it may be something that's you know come from sort of way back that actually um, hasn't been sort of unravelled yet. Yeah, you interesting. Know? Um, but I think definitely there is a, a case for just plain old chemical imbalance. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what would if it was just a chemical imbalance, what would talking therapy do for that then? Yeah, well, it, it, it might not. Yeah, yeah. I guess the way I see it is we're all, uh, you know, in America, most people have a therapist. Mm, We've spoken mm-hmm. about this in podcasts before. Um, and uh, I think talking, no matter, be it chemical or you believe it's chemical, no one's had a perfect upbringing either. Mm, and we're mm-hmm. all, you know, these limiting beliefs can come from places we didn't even know we could mm. be carrying around mm, these limiting mm. beliefs. It's not even your belief, it's someone else's. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 
it's an interesting debate, but I think, yeah, I think you're bang on there, actually. And it's great that the antidepressants helped you at that mm. point, mm-hmm. and then you were able It was definitely, to... it was a time and a place when I really needed them, and actually, they really worked for me. Um, yeah. So, I think... Uh, yeah, but so antidepressants for PMS, which was kind of back to your original question, mm-hmm. um, possibly. But but there's there's more to it, and I think there's more that could be could be done. But possibly, you know, antidepressants might be a good starting point to then get people out of that kind of rut to then be able to look at the bigger picture of their life and how they could be making changes to sort of diet or uh-huh. um, or exercise or you know what else they can be doing to support themselves yeah um so you have uh and we spoke through a lot of the tips so we had you know the plastic which we've covered we've had nutrition um what else have we spoken about so many of them but they're the kind of key ones we've spoken through yeah i mean the other thing that that, um is is big in sort of um uh, balancing hormones is um cleaning products and things at home and also um products that you're putting on yourself so face hair body products makeup that kind of thing um look at the label and if they're full of kind of chemical nasty ingredients Mm -hmm. um your skin is the biggest organ in your body and you're just absorbing all of that into yourself and that those all those chemical nasties phthalates and parabens and all that kind of thing that can really disrupt your hormones so um, when I'm working with women whether if it's to do with um, you know menstrual difficulties or infertility or that kind of thing I'll always say look let's have a real look at what you're Mm -hmm. using in your environment Um, I mean particularly you know lots of sort of toxic um, cleaning products are really toxic you just look at the label and and the you know they they have lots of sort of scary signs on them about how corrosive they are or that sort of thing And, and yet we're putting them in our environment you know and that's that seems a bit mad and particularly for for children um you know if we've got children living in our houses with these sort of um chemicals being sprayed around and things that's not that's not going to be great for their hormones um yes it's funny i, I speak to scott because my mom's always gone on about this and she hates she us all this organic stuff yeah yeah and i was all for it scott is Ah, like a Monica and Friends, you know. We had a joke the other <laughs> night because I had him doing some techie stuff. Um, audible books takes mm-hmm. take forever if you're kind of winging it yourself. But uh, we're getting there. But I had him doing some techie stuff, and the deal was that I would clean the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and he normally does them because he likes the way he does them to mm-hmm. his standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, right, I'll do them. And Bonnie came up and said, Mom, you're cleaning the toilets. <laughs> Well, it's just the routine we have in the house. Dad won't get a cleaner and he says he's better. Anyway, uh, the smell of the products. And I was saying to him, oh, I just don't feel good. Mm. when." And I hate, sometimes I'll be working and he'll come and he'll open the dawn suite door and he'll be spraying it everywhere. And I'll go, oh, I'm trying to write. Oh, but we need to keep the bathroom spick and span. And I'm mm. like, oh, I'd rather wait a few days to not have to smell these products. Mm-hmm. And I can feel it. I just, oh, mm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, some people get headaches and things mm-hmm. from them. Yeah. You know? um, and there was actually research done quite recently that, that people who are cleaners and they're using bleach and things on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cleaning as a job, um, they they have a much higher um, incidence of migraines and things like that. Oh. Um, so... Um, yeah, it's not it's not not great at all. So I basically say to people, you know, 
don't necessarily chuck out everything they've got and, um, and start from scratch. But when you use something up, replace it with something that's a much sort of greener, cleaner alternative that doesn't have all the kind of chemical nasties in it. Is there any you'd recommend for people? I'll write them down now. There, well, um, well, I mean, there are, yeah, there are all sorts of brands online. I mean, the good places to look are, there's a place, um, Ethical Superstore is mm-hmm. one. Um, there's another one called Planet Organic. Um, and they have all sorts of sort of, you know, um, cleaning stuff, washing stuff. I mean, even things like washing detergents, you can get those um, eco balls now that you just, you know, that actually don't use any detergent at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, I can't remember her name, there's a person in Edinburgh who runs workshops of like making your own cleaning products and things like that. Wow. So, and there are lots of recipes online of um, really uh, simple ways of sort of making cleaning sprays and things using you know, white vinegar, um, essential oil and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, oh, really? yeah, really, really um, sort of old fashioned recipes for so vinegar instead of bleach. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Or like kitchen sprays and things um, can be made using vinegar and things. And it doesn't actually leave your kitchen smelling like a chip shop either. It's, it, it kind of it, um, evaporates. So oh, wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's worth doing a bit of research into that um, because all those chemical nasties can be a massive sort of hormone disruptor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think particularly if you've got kids, you know, it's the whole sort of, you know, what you're feeding them, what you're putting into their, you know, their bubble bath, you know, what, what their shampoo is like, all that sort of thing. I mean, if you've got young kids, they're going to become teenagers and oh. teenagers have enough, you know, hormonal issues as <laughs> um anyway so why not try and sort of make it easier on them by yes. you know keeping their environment as sort of um hormonally friendly as possible do you know i was thinking about that because bath bombs mm. have you got any research on bath bombs i think it depends where you um it depends where you get them from and things and i think i mean some of them can be really full of um toxins and things but again you can make them yourself using um bicarb and salt and essential oils and things like that so you can you can make them fairly naturally yeah a recipe because we the last time i put bicarb in the bath was when they had chicken pox Mm -hmm. because that's made to be good for it yeah 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 um so that but is bicarb okay for you yeah yeah it's it's pretty um pretty harmless bicarb yeah okay yeah and bicarb's a really good um like you know, if you've got some really stinky, sweaty gym kit or something that you that really smells, you just stick it in the wash with some bicarb, and it really, oh, really? gets rid of smells and things. Yeah. So we need to be promoting more of these natural products. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I mean, it's quite a fun thing that you could do with kids and things. You know, have a little session of making some bath bombs or some, um, uh, you know, cleaning products or that kind of thing. Is that what makes it fizz? Is it the bicarb? Yes. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you would just put some of those in with some essential oil. What was the other thing you said? I think salt. I'd need to. I'd need to look salt. it up. But there are. I mean, I have made them. You know, just looking up recipes online, and, and it's all stuff that you would kind of have in your kitchen anyway. Oh wow! And then um, they're still going to fizz. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Mm-hmm. Loving it. Loving it. It's been <laughs> on the list for a while, but you know what it's like. Life just goes quickly. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's why it's so important to have reminders about this because it's so easy just to accept. Oh, I am going to be an absolute grumpy nightwear this month but if there's things that we can actually be doing to help with the mm. hormones and mm-hmm. and you do want to go for the natural approach that i'm talking about then brilliant mm. you know mm. let's mm-hmm. try and educate and build each other up so yeah. that we can do more yeah yeah and um, so okay cleaning products what else do you have for us 
Um, what we talked about diet, filtering water, avoiding plastics, avoiding chemical nasties. I mean, yeah, those are the main things. A good quality supplement is um, would be a good idea as well. Something that's specific for women. Um, B vitamins are really important for um, sort of hormonal balancing, particularly vitamin B six. Uh-huh. So um, making sure that you are getting plenty of that. But so uh, yeah, so a, um, a, a good quality supplement might be might be quite good. I think I think the other thing is, that's good to do is to actually get to know your cycle really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always amazed by how many you know well educated women have a kind of clueless about what goes on in their cycle um, and it's because you know I, I think at school we're well certainly I was just taught to how not to get pregnant and, and not actually much about how to get pregnant or how to recognize what's going on in your cycle at different times in your cycle when you might be fertile when you might be sort of premenstrual you know that kind of thing so I think I think actually learning about your cycle is really empowering um, yeah. Yeah. and tracking it is, is a good start mm-hmm. um so whether that's through a sort of app which is quite a kind of formal way of doing it um but it's a good it's a good way of doing it um there's an app i really like called clue which is a i think it's i think it's german i think it was invented by a german woman so it's but it's a great one for um it also has uh you can list different symptoms that you're having at different times of cycle so physical ones as well as um, emotional symptoms and, and things like sleep and energy levels and sex drive and um, you know headaches or um, boobs or cramps or all that kind of thing you can you can track all that so it's a and actually if you do that for sort of a couple of cycles it's it's really interesting and you do start to see a pattern yeah. emerging of sort of you know when is a good time and where when you're really crab it and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and I, I i mean it was quite enlightening to me because i always used to um like immediately after i ovulate i then have a day of rage when i'm just in an absolute fury with anyone and everyone uh-huh. <laughs> and it's um and that was quite an eye-opener for me because i used to get really sort of shouty with my children and things like that and of course it's not their fault at all it's me and my flipping hormones yeah. um because when you ovulate your hormones are all sort of surging and then they peak and then they basically just drop off a cliff mm-hmm. and um and so you're left kind of feeling you know and and that's when you have that real um short fuse and things yeah. um but to me that, that feeling is yeah, awful it's a horrible feeling oh. and i was really like god why am i being like this and so now i think well you know, right, I know, I know I'm ovulating, I know the day, next day I'm going to be in a mood, so I'm not going to, I'm going to cut them some slack, I'm not going to, you know, if they're wanting pizza for tea, great, I'll just yeah. shove it in the oven and not beat myself up about it, you know, because yeah. that's an easy win for all of us, I'm not going to be shouty because they're not eating my sort of lovingly cooked meals, you know, yeah. um, and actually it's been much better since I sort of finally <laughs> worked that one out. Um, That's really good. And you'd said something to me about, you know, as as a speaker, something that I do, you know, writing, speaking, creating content, don't cram your diary too much if mm, you know mm. you've kept this mood journal and you know certain days you're going to be really... Mm try to go easy on yourself because things like trying to get out of the house when you've got all these dates and mm-hmm. and, and I have I've, I've been to speaking gigs when I've had PMS and you just get through it and you go for it mm-hmm. but if you can you, you operate yeah. some dates well, this is me <laughs> not practicing what I preach because I'm probably in my, in my premenstrual phase at the moment and here <laughs> I am doing a podcast but anyway hopefully I'm <laughs> 
carrying it off. Oh no, it's um, so interesting. But I think yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I mean, I like the way of sort of um, actually the, this book is a really good book. Um, Code Red uh-huh. by Lisa Lister. Know your flow, unlock your monthly superpowers, and create a bloody amazing life. I love period. that. Yeah, so it's that's a really good good book. Um, mm about the sort of different phases in the cycle and thinking thinking of it as like different seasons yeah. so um the, the spring is when uh, um you're sort of at the beginning you know your period is just finished and you're in the sort of spring phase of when the the, the follicles are beginning to grow that it's like you know leaves and buds beginning to grow on trees and things like that bulbs all kind of starting to come out the ground and that sort of thing and um and then the the summer phase is the sort of run up to ovulation and ovulation itself and that's the bit when you're really sort of ripe and um you know bursting with sort of energy and enthusiasm and confidence and that sort of thing and and you know the spring summer phase it should be the phase that you're you're kind of you know um planning in any sort of big presentations at work or difficult meetings or that sort of thing because that's when you're going to be at your best you know your most yeah your peak absolutely um and then the autumn phase would be sort of post ovulation when everything's kind of a bit fallow and Mm. um just sort of beginning to to hibernate a bit and then the winter phase would be the period when everything's dead and you're you know you're kind of getting rid of the old lining leaves are falling off trees that sort of thing so that's the sort of um winter phase um and so that and yeah the the wind, autumn kind of winter phase would be um when you're kind of you know hunkering down and and not really putting yourself out there too much and being kind to yourself and yeah. um you know not planning in lots of sort of scary stuff with work or yeah. um, that kind of thing and it, i mean it's quite hard to do that mm-hmm. um with life and jobs and that sort of thing things have to go on but if you if you get to know your cycle and you get to know the sort of where you are in your cycle um you maybe can plan it a bit, even if you're, even if you're working in a really male-dominated environment. You know, you yeah. can still sort of try and um, plan it in a bit. But um, it, yeah, it's hard. But it, it just even having an awareness of it is is quite good. And things like you know, in your sort of PMS phase, not doing sort of crazy cardio exercise, but just doing more gentle yoga or things okay. like that that just are a bit um, kinder to your body, basically, and acknowledging it. You know, not trying to not trying to sort of go full tilt, full, full um, pelt all the way through the cycle, but actually, you know, recognising the different phases and, and sort of going with them. Yes, I like that. Mm. And, and scheduling in some self-care effects. Yeah. yeah. Do you do massage as well? Or? I don't personally, but um, three of the girls that work with me do massage, yeah. They do massage and they also do abdominal massage, which is um, which again can be really useful for um, uh, all sorts of menstrual stuff and... Um, particularly sort of bad PMS or really painful periods and that sort of thing so wow yeah there's so much to it isn't there Mm -hmm. so in our peak our happiest time Mm -hmm. you would believe just before we ovulate yeah in the run-up to ovulation so kind of the week before ovulation Mm -hmm. yeah that would be when you're kind of at your your best yeah okay other things I would do would be I mean obviously exercise but as you're saying so just don't push it too much yeah. on those yeah yeah absolutely exercise but just um, movement yeah movement is good definitely mm-hmm. and circulation is good so and, yeah. and you know healthy circulation around your whole sort of abdomen is, is really good but you yeah. can you can do that through a nice yoga class or a Pilates or something or a, a swim or something yeah. like that you know you don't have to be sort of crazy crazy sort of running half marathons and things like that and you share my love of wild swimming i do yeah absolutely um, i'm more of a newbie how long have you been wild swimming um 
well, in my adult life, really, for the last couple of years. I started it sort of two years ago. But as a kid, I, I swam all over the place. I mean, yeah. my every holiday in Scotland was spent in the sea or in lochs or rivers or whatever. So Amazing. Yeah. Now, you said this makes me feel better because I was swimming in Loch Tay. And it was freezing. And I was so proud of myself. I did four wild swims. There was a sauna to run into. <laughs> um, but you said it's actually colder than the sea. Because mm. I thought it was the other way around. Someone mm-hmm. said that. But that's good to know. Mm-hmm. So it's... And why is that? Just because... Um, I'm... Uh... I don't know the actual science of it, but um, like lochs and reservoirs and things will freeze, whereas the sea doesn't freeze. Yeah. So it's got a, uh-huh. a it's a yeah a colder or a higher freezing point or something in the ah. sea. So anyway, because it did feel colder. Yeah, yeah. It was freezing, mm-hmm. um, but we broke through it. We did it. <laughs> so did you do that to help with mental health? Is that why you got into it, or was it just? A... Um, well, yeah, yeah, kind of. A, a bit of escapism, really, and a bit of, um, uh, uh, yeah, a friend of mine said, oh, I've heard about this, you know, do you fancy it? And I was like, yeah, definitely, I'm up for something different, you know. Um, and, uh, but yeah, really for sort of, um, it, it does sort of completely reset me whenever I have a swim. And if I'm feeling a bit, like, overwhelmed with sort of worky stuff or... Um, I, I sometimes I'm a, I'm a single parent and I've got two kids and I sometimes feel a sort of real weight of responsibility for kind of yeah. you know health and education and finance and all that kind of thing. So so getting in the sea and just being really kind of silly and joyful and things just kind of lifts all that and sort of resets me. So it's really yeah, it's great. That's fab. What's mm. the longest you've stayed in? Um, because you've got to be careful, as my yeah, mom have tells to be me. Yeah. But Anna from Well Swimming Photography, she told me as well, just be careful, people can die, you can get hypothermia. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you can. Well, it d- depends on the water temperature, and obviously it's, it's now sort of going up. But I mean, when we had that, do you remember that um, crazy week in the middle of February when it was sort of really warm weather? Yeah. And I went for a swim then, and I was in for 18 minutes, so wow. that was quite long in February. Under with your chest, with yeah. no wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, but, um, yeah, wow. gen- generally I'm in for sort of, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 minutes, depending on... I mean, I've been doing it throughout the winter this year. This is the first year I've done it right throughout the winter. And, and yeah, I mean, the coldest, coldest time, I was probably only in for about five, six minutes, but... You do build um, up a tolerance, though, don't you? You do. Yeah, you do, definitely. And, I mean, I think I've, I have um, acclimatised now. It's, t- it's taken a bit of time, but I definitely have um, acclimatised. So, yeah, it's, it's good. Good for yeah, you. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Good. Keep it up. <laughs> I will, and you. <laughs> I'll try. Um, so that, that's been so, so interesting, and the time has absolutely flown in. It has, and, yeah. Um, if anyone has any questions, you know, you can get in touch and, you know, we're, we're, ha- we're happy to answer. I'll get a blog post done. I just find this so interesting. Yeah, I think, I think the main thing is, you know, getting to know your cycle and, um, and you know, how you can sort of balance hormones more naturally through through stuff that you just do every day anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, eating and um, products and all that sort of thing. It's, it's, you know, that will have quite a big impact. Um, there is another... There's another um, I mean, I've mentioned that book, which is a good book to read. There's another um, online, free online course run by um, redschoolonline.net. Um, and you can maybe put a link to that. And that, and it's called um, Hormone Harmony. Okay. And you just do it in your own time. But it's quite that's quite a good way of getting to know 
your hormones and what's going on when. So okay, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, wishing everyone happier hormones. Be yes. kind to yourself. Yes. Um, oh, the one more thing. Sorry, yeah. before it is um, the. Uh, Drops that we we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think we'd mentioned because um, I was sent some, wasn't I? You you were sent some Agnus Castus, which uh-huh. is a, a herbal. It's a herb, herb basically, and um, those it uh, by A Vogel, I think it was. Yeah. So they they are um, drops that you can take throughout throughout the month, basically to um, balance hormones. And Agnus Castus is a is a, a herb which um, balances hormones naturally. It's well known for that. So that's an option. And there's another one which I've used and I really like and often recommend to people, which is an Australian bushflower remedy called uh-huh. Women Essence. Uh-huh. And that's for sort of hormonal ups and downs throughout the cycle. So that's a good one as well. Okay then, right. Mm. Well, that's good. And yeah. it's natural. And it's natural, yeah. yeah. It's not taking the pill and it's not... Yeah. But if someone is really struggling, would you see to go on that to get advice about the antidepressants? If it yeah, was, uh, absolutely. PMDD? I think yeah, PMDD and things. I think getting a diagnosis of either you know PMS or PMDD, most doctors will say they want to see a sort of um, symptom diary. So right, okay. um, it's good to sort of uh, you almost journal it for a couple of cycles and see you know what's going on when and and when the sort of most extreme symptoms are and that kind of thing and and what those extreme symptoms are. Um, and then go back to a doctor and they would, you know, that, that's what all people w- w- would want to know is sort of um, seeing that. There is actually a, um, a thing called the National Association for Premenstrual Syndrome and that's a sort of guideline for um, doctors on how to diagnose and that sort of thing. So, wow, okay. um, And that tells you what you would need to see from a patient um, okay. in order to diagnose it so that's quite useful to know as well that's brilliant mm. oh, so you're a fountain of knowledge <laughs> well it's my passion I love talking about hormones and women's health generally so yeah no I love it well if anyone has any questions as well we can maybe get them covered off in a blog yeah um, absolutely and keep up the great work what's your favorite song and why <laughs> <laughs> well, I have all sorts of favourite songs depending on my mood. But I thought what we what we could maybe sing today in honour of uh, menstruation mm-hmm. um, periods and women everywhere who have to go through this month on month <laughs> is um, "Keep Bleeding" by Liam Lewis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. Oh, you've made me very happy. <laughs> Right, shall we sing and and release the mojo? Yeah, yeah. You're an absolute superstar, so thank (coughs) you so much. I know it's going to help so many people and keep up the wonderful work. Thank you. It's been great to do it. Thank you. Do this. Bleeding love. One love, I didn't need the pain. Once or twice was enough and it was all in vain. Time starts to pass before you know it, you're frozen. PMS is coming. <laughs> but something happened for the very first time with you. Karaoke. <laughs> Into the ground found something true. And everyone's looking round thinking I'm going crazy. Yes. <laughs> but I don't care what they say, so what they say. I'm in love with you. They try to pull me away. But they don't know the truth My heart's crippled by the vein And I keep on closing You cut me open and I Keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding, love I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding
Trying hard not to hear, but the attack's so loud. Their persons hints and sounds fill my ears with a Yeah, I know that the goal is to keep me from falling. Hey, hey. But nothing's greater than the rush that comes with your embrace. And in this world of loneliness, I see your face. Every round and round you think that I'm going, going crazy, maybe, baby. baby, yeah. But I don't care what they say, I'm in love with you. They try to pull me away, but they don't know the truth. My heart's crippled by the veil that I keep on closing. Yeah, you cut me open and I keep bleeding, I keep. I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding in love. I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding in love. Yay, you cut me open and ass. And it's draining all of me. Oh, I know the feeling. And they find it hard to believe. I'll be wearing these scars for But I'm in love with you They try to pull me away But they don't know the truth My heart's breaking by the vein That I keep on closing Yeah, you cut me open And I keep bleeding I keep, keep bleeding in love I keep bleeding I keep, keep bleeding in love I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding love. You cut me open and I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding love. I keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding love. Keep bleeding, I keep, keep bleeding love. Yeah, you cut me open. Yes. Words, you're awesome. <laughs>